Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Ready to Give an Answer sermon series, which talks about how to defend our faith and why we should believe what we believe. It is our hope that this series would help you in your walk with God. Please let us know how God has impacted you through these messages. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be there in just a few minutes. And uh, of course, a few weeks ago, the beginning of the year, we actually started on Thursday nights with this verse, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 15, where we read these words, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And what we did is we took time uh, just to understand the principles of the Word of God about witnessing. And so we've been looking over the course of the last um, five weeks. Of course, that first week was just understanding the need to witness and tell people about the Lord and how that how part of that is sanctifying the Lord in our heart. We worked through this verse. Uh, but then we took three weeks and we learned the first week about witnessing specifically to Jehovah's Witnesses. And then the second week we looked, or the third week, excuse me, we looked at witnessing to Catholics. And then last week we looked at witnessing or speaking to Mormons. And uh, this week, just going to kind of wrap it all up and I hope to be a help. But before we wrap it up, I'm wondering if anybody can recall anything from any of the three weeks that maybe you were challenged in. Uh, I know there's a number of folks that maybe had something regarding reaching a Mormon or reaching a Catholic or reaching a Jehovah's Witness that you were challenged in. So can you remember anything? Something that you have, Brother Dan? We're all green beans. We're all green beans. You stole Dean's. <laughs> Man. Well, now for those of you that weren't here, for those of you that weren't here, uh, Dan, you got to explain what that means. Oh, Dean was about to. Oh, Dean was about to. <laughs> Neither one of you want to explain it? But a fountain does? Dad, why don't you explain a green bean to us for those who weren't here? You guys aren't helping me out here. All right, it's a great thought. No matter what label is there, you guys are horrible, all three of you. Uh, no matter what label there is, man, it's just a human being, it's just a green bean. But it's a human who just needs the Lord. Uh, horrible. Anybody have anything, just something you can remember that, you, that was a reminder to you or helpful to you as, you, as, as we prepare to be equipped to witness? Anybody have anything that you can remember? Ms. Dawn? All right, the importance of Scripture. We'll be seeing that even more tonight, but memorizing the Word of God. Ms. Maggie? All right, knowing, knowing some of the similarities and being able to take those similarities and direct it to the Word of God. And really, we've learned that about, about every religion. Um, every religion has maybe some form of similarity, but it's a matter of understanding the truth and being able to show truth in the midst of, in the midst of lies and talked about that arsenic, if you remember here, here last week, and understanding that even though there's a bunch of truth, we gotta get the poison out, gotta, gotta weed the poison out. Somebody else, something maybe you remember, Miss Christie? All right. All 
All right, staying on the gospel, staying focused on topic. Did all of you read my notes tonight? Because this is where we're going. Uh, you're remembering things of where we're going. That's great. Miss Max? Well, that Mormons don't in the all right, understanding that Mormons don't believe in the Trinity and they don't believe in the same God. We talked about that. They don't believe in the same Jesus that we believe in. Uh, Alan? All right. Yeah. Defining terms, being able to define terms. And as a believer, we need to define it from the scriptural standpoint. Jim, I saw your hand. Yeah. Boy, our spirit matters so much, doesn't it? And we're going to see that even tonight. Leo? Kind of, kind of like what Jim was saying, though, when you witness showing love, not, um, not arguing. I mean, try to keep it cool. Because we want to witness, we want to witness, we want to witness. All right. Winning in love and with that graceful spirit. Gordon? Yeah. Yeah, definitely understanding uh, just all the diversity of all of that. Somebody else just does something that maybe God challenged you with? All right. Well, I know that we've learned a lot. If you haven't been here for any of those, I would encourage you to go online and get those. Of course, I did the first message, and then my dad uh, did those three lessons. And the reason I had my dad do that, and I, I, I don't say this shy, uh, in a shy way, but my dad's the greatest soul winner I know. And I'm so thankful to have a dad who's always cared about souls. And I was reminded of that even this week. Uh, you know, as a kid, it, it annoyed me uh, because my dad would slow us down. Dad, I'm trying to go. And dad would stop and talk to everybody. I can't tell you how many times this week I'd be walking along and I'd start talking. And I'd have to retrace my steps and go back. You know, I'd go back to a store or go back to a, a restaurant or a different table and and there'd be dad standing there talking to somebody and giving them the gospel. And, and so I was I'm encouraged by that. And dad, I want to thank you uh, for the work you put into that study. And I know that that was just very helpful for all of us. So I want to encourage you to go back and get those answers if, or get those uh, messages if you want to, would like to learn more about that. Well, tonight we're going to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, going to get into the, the title of the message tonight is Four Keys in Being Ready to Give an Answer. And uh, tonight's lesson really is going to kind of be a recap of all four weeks and something from each lesson to really just help us understand the importance of being equipped uh, to, uh, to tell people about the Lord. And when you think about this, we need to know the right answers uh, because this, this world needs truth. Man, we need to be ready to give an answer because our world, and I, I would summarize um, what uh, um, I think it was Mike Huckabee on an interview this week, and I don't agree necessarily everything that he says, but he said our, our world's going to hell in a handbag and he in a handbasket or something like that. And you know, I mean, that's an old saying, but boy, it's so true. It is so true that our culture is so corrupt and so godless. But you know what our culture needs is we just, they need truth. They need the word of God. And they need us to be able to share that with them. And you know what? When, um, if you're thinking about this, if, if you're a mechanic, if you're a mechanic working on vehicles, all right, and you're going to go, and I don't know a lot about vehicles at all, but if you're going to go work on vehicles, Dustin back there knows vehicles. Dustin, I want you to tell me just quickly, 
What's something important that I would need if I was going to work on vehicles? Tools. So like if I had like, um, I don't know, a chainsaw and um, maybe a skill saw and a hammer, would that be the, would that be the right tools? <laughs> the hammer, yeah. Bang the fire out of it, right? Man, no, I don't, I don't need those tools. I need the right tools. All right, let's think about uh, uh, someone who's going to go play a sport. All right, Dan, you played a lot of sports. If, we were, if you were going to go play football, what would you need? Football. Uh, you'd at least need a football. You need a football. You need uh, some shoulder pads. You need a helmet, maybe. You need the right shoes, maybe a pair of gloves. Whatever the case is, you need the right equipment for the right job. Boy, we could go down the line, talk to Quinn about hunting and fishing. Uh, if I'm going to go hunting or fishing, if I'm going to go hunting, Quinn, what do I need? I need a gun at least. If I, was, I need an ammunition. If I'm going fishing, I need a fishing pole, some line, some, a hook. We, we get where I'm going with this. We got to have the right tools for the job. What we've been trying to do with this series is give us as believers the right tools or the right equipment to help us reach our world for Christ. Because we cannot do it, and I'm gonna say this again in a few minutes, but we, and I think it's key, we cannot reach the world with our thinking. You cannot win your coworkers just because you're a smart person. You cannot win people to Christ just because of your knowledge. That, that's it. Your knowledge and my knowledge cannot and will not effectively reach people with truth. We need the right tools. We need God's wisdom. We need God's spirit. We need understanding of God's principles. And when we get those things, man, we will be able to see God using our lives, hopefully to reach out and effectively reach our world for Christ. And so tonight, we're going to look into this. It's just four simple keys in being ready to give an answer. Four things that we, I believe, every believer needs to know to be ready to give an answer. And so let's stand. We're gonna read 2 Timothy, our passage. 2 Timothy chapter two and verse 15 down through verse uh, number 26, the end of the chapter. Give some context to the book and then get into our handout tonight. 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that uh, needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions, avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, 
apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Let's pray, and then we'll get into our study tonight. Lord, thank you for your word. And God, I'm just so thankful for the daily instruction that you give us through it. Lord, I'm thankful that we don't have to depend upon our wisdom to uh, reach people. Um, but Lord, often we, uh, we fail to think about that. And so Lord, I pray that tonight you would help us to um, get into your word and to understand just these keys and being able to witness and tell people about you. And Lord, I pray that as we uh, go through some things that you would just remind us of perhaps things we've already learned. And Father, we pray that you would bless our service tonight. Speak to us as only you can. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and be seated. As we get into our study tonight, I want to uh, just kind of preface everything by saying, um, giving us some context. Second Timothy, of course, uh, Paul uh, would be writing Second Timothy. He would be uh, on death row. Uh, Paul would be writing this. He would be about to go into eternity. The executioner would be just footsteps away, maybe, uh, of course, under the reign of Nero. We're going through First Timothy on Sunday mornings. This is Second Timothy, where Paul is writing his last letter. Many believe this would be the last thing that Paul ever wrote. Uh, and you can look in Second Timothy chapter 4 and discover a lot of that. <clears throat> and of course, just like 1 Timothy, Paul is writing it to this young preacher boy, Timothy, who's pastoring in Ephesus. And Paul is trying to just encourage Timothy and trying to help him and continue to help that church there. And uh, so as we go through this, we need to remember that this, this book, it's written specifically to Timothy as a young pastor. But I believe there's so much application that, that can be given to every Christian in, in, in our walk of life. And, and whatever, whatever we do, whatever our vocation is, I believe there's a lot of wisdom that every believer can walk away with from this passage. Now, um, when you get into uh, this study here, I want us to see very quickly just four keys from this that I believe God would help us, uh, God could use to equip us to reach other people. And uh, the first thing that we need to know that if we're going to effectively speak to people about Jesus Christ, number one, we've got to study the word. We've been talking about it. It's been a key theme every week that we've looked at. But number one, we've got to study his word. <clears throat> Notice verse number 15 where Paul writes this, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know what? I said this a second ago, but we need to remember that it is the power of the word of God that's going to change the lives of people. My words and your words cannot and will not change people. I remember when I was first... Um, not necessarily learning to witness, but when I was first uh, understanding some things about witnessing and maybe getting more courage to witness, that uh, I, I was in college when, of course, my dad took us out door knocking and we knew how to witness all growing up. But I think I was in college when I began to really try to build up that courage and, and uh, man, have more audacity going out witnessing different things like that. And I remember thinking as a freshman in college, working a salesman job, working in shoes, I remember thinking, you know, I could sell the gospel. And having that mindset, I'm a salesman, I could sell the gospel. And I'll never forget being uh, um, uh, in classes and hearing time and time again, 
you need not be a salesman of the gospel. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I do, because that's I'm supposed, I'm supposed to sell it to people. But the thought is this, a salesman tries to win sales by their words. Right? That's, you're trying to convince somebody with words that what you have, you need, no matter the cost, I'm gonna sell it to you. Okay, now, some people would say, well, that, that kind of sounds like witnessing. Aren't we trying to convince them? Yeah, we are. But we're not the ones that's supposed to be doing the convincing. It's not in my wisdom. It's only in his wisdom. Well, what is his wisdom? It's the word of God. I was reminded a number of years ago that the number one the, the, the number one wording that's going to convince people is when you just give them scripture. Just give people the word of God. That's what pierces the heart. That's what makes a difference. Sometimes we don't understand it. We don't understand how the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We look at that and we think, well, I've known that for a while. I've heard that for a while. But for somebody who's just hearing that for the first time, man, God and his Holy Spirit uses that to pierce the heart. And if you and I would learn to study the word of God, we need to understand that when we get into his word, that's when we can be effective with his word. The word study in this passage, it means this, to exert oneself or to be diligent. So when you and I get into the word of God, I find myself to be a workman that's not ashamed. Why? Because I'm rightly dividing and rightly distributing the word of God. When you look and understand the word study, the word study, it, it takes energy uh, it takes commitment. It takes desire. If you notice the, the theme kind of through many of the lessons speaking to the different groups, the theme was the word of God, the word of God. And the emphasis here, and I, I thought, I love the quote. I didn't put it on the screen. But the emphasis is that the workman needs to be diligent in his labor studying the word of God so that, when, uh, so that he will not be ashamed when his work is inspected. All right, so if you're a workman, if you're a mechanic, and you know the boss is gonna come along one day and inspect your work, you're gonna be studious to make sure that you're actually applying yourself to that. Okay, well, listen, someday somebody's gonna come along and question your Christianity, or somebody's gonna come along and want to know what you believe and why you believe it. That's the day of the inspection. What we can do to prepare for that is study. Man, get in the word. I was talking today with a pastor who called. Um, we were just talking about some things and uh, he asked me a question and I said, well, no, I, I, I disagree with that. Because his, his, uh, the question was, um, you know, I just feel like sometimes I'm too repetitious when I, when I preach about reading the Bible and prayer. He said, I just feel like I'm too repetitious to preach on that. And I said, I don't think you can be. Well, Why? Because the number one thing, and we've said it often, and I, I, I say it unashamedly, the number one thing the devil's gonna fight in every Christian's life is your time in the word of God. That's the number one thing. You can come to church and be at every service. But the moment you say, I'm gonna get in the word, the devil's gonna fight that. He doesn't care if you're an apathetic Christian that just kind of floats through life. He's gonna fight you in scripture. Why? Because he knows the power of the word. He knows it just like it's written in the book. He knows it better than you and I do because it was at the word of Jesus that he fled, wasn't it? 
And so we need to understand that what is going to equip me and help me speak to people is the word of God. Study the word of God. The word of God is the believer's sword. It's the believer's seed. It's the right tool for the right job. And I found this and I love it. It's the tool for building, repairing, restoring, and redeeming the lives of people. That's the word of God. It's the tool for building people, for repairing their life, for restoring their life, and for redeeming their life. Man, it's the tool. It's the one that's used. Why? Because it shows them who Jesus is. It shows them their need. It shows them their emptiness. It shows them God's love. It shows them the fulfilled payment on the cross. It shows them the resurrection. All of that is found in the word of God. Now, we might know that in our mind, but even just knowing it, my mind knowing it and my word sharing it are not going to win people. It's his word that's going to win people. It's God's word. You see on your handout there the phrase, find answers for questions. Listen, be the one who finds answers for life's questions. Where do I find answers? The word of God. People are gonna come to you and they're gonna have questions about life. Let me ask you this. Do you truly believe, and answer it in your head, don't answer it out loud. Do you truly believe that the word of God has answers for every aspect of life? Answer it in your head. Hopefully your answer is yes, because it does. And you might have a coworker that they're gonna come to you and they might not say, what must I do to be saved? They might not phrase it like that, but they might come to you and they might say, man, I can't believe my wife. My marriage is just, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm throwing in a towel. She might come to you and say, I can't believe my husband. Man, we can't believe our kids. Oh, I have this. And they, they just come and they're just sharing their heart with you. You know what God might be doing? He might be giving you an opportunity to speak truth into them. But if you don't know the principle that could help their life in that moment, man, I've proven to be the workman that is ashamed because I haven't done the work to get into his word. Man, I hope that would be a challenge to us tonight. Find the answers to the questions. How do I do that? Get into the word to be properly equipped to reach people. Number one, I've got to study the word. Number two, I need to stand for truth. All right, I've got to stand for truth. And again, I told you, we're going to recap some things that we've already been looking at. (coughs) Excuse me. Can I just uh, give you this tonight, that if we're going to effectively tell others about the Lord, we've got to stand up for what is right. This starts by knowing truth, but it continues in our passage it continues by avoiding some things. Standing for truth, you do it, you stand by avoiding. All right, well, what do I avoid? Well, it's right there for us. Number one, or letter A, avoid profane and vain babblings. Avoid profane and vain babblings. One man titled this as just godless chatter. So he titled it as godless chatter. This is just words that don't profit anyone. You say, Pastor, how does that apply to witnessing to somebody? You know what? When you and I go to witness to people, we need to pray that God would help us to cut through the fog of conversations that we often get caught up in. Vain, profane and vain babblings, just empty talking. <clears throat> I personally believe that when we get to heaven, we're gonna be surprised at the opportunities God brought our way that we missed. 
Often we miss it because of maybe a lack of courage, maybe because of a lack of knowledge. But I believe that sometimes we miss opportunities to speak to people about the Lord because we get caught up in profane and vain babblings. Now, again, I understand in the context of Scripture, there's so much that could be applied here from Paul to Timothy about uh, Gnosticism and different things. We're doing that on Sunday mornings. We've been seeing that, where we saw uh, shun profane and and vain uh, wives' fables. We'll be seeing that in a few weeks. And and the other uh, phrase that Timothy uses, or Paul uses in 1 Timothy 1, I understand there's that context. But in the context of witnessing, we need to know that we, we too come across those profane and vain babblings of just conversations that someone comes and they, maybe it is the coworker. Let's use that same illustration. The coworker, you know, I'm thinking about getting a divorce. And, and God's bringing us the opportunity to share Christ with them. But instead, we just kind of change the subject because we're a little uncomfortable. We change the subject and we just kind of just start talking. And empty, vain babbling. Standing for truth says, I'm gonna see through that fog and I'm gonna allow the spirit of the Lord to lead me in direct this conversation. You see in your handout, don't let the devil sidetrack your conversations. Avoiding profane and vain babblings is not letting the devil sidetrack our conversations. I, I wish we could really do all the studying, but you look in verse number, seven, or verse number 17, verse 16, but shun profane and vain babblings for they will increase unto more godliness and their word will eat as doth the canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus uh, who concerning the truth have erred. And so uh, Paul writing about Hymenaeus and Philetus, we learned about Hymenaeus last week, teaching false doctrine. But I look at verse 17, it says their word doth, will eat as doth a canker. Uh, the word canker, we, would, we, we get our English word gangrene from that word canker. And here's what it means, a disease by which any part of the body suffering from inflammation becomes so corrupted that unless a remedy be seasonably applied, the evil continually spreads, attacks other parts, and at last eats away the bones. Now you say, that, that sounds pretty serious. This is what happens with vain conversation, that when we miss the opportunity, the devil will use that to put in maybe a, 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 a disease, if you will, in the conversation. That person's gonna think, I never wanna talk to that person. I don't, I don't wanna talk to that Christian again. Last time I talked to him, it just ended up going nowhere. Man, we never know what the Lord could do if we can see through the fog of that. We've gotta avoid those vain and pro, profane and vain babblings, but then also we've gotta avoid foolish and unlearned questions. I love what Christy said just a minute ago, talking about learning what to do. You've gotta be able to cut through and see through questions that lead to nothing because that's what happens sometimes when we're witnessing. When we're talking to people about the Lord, sometimes people ask a question and I've done this before where I'm like, oh, that's a, and I begin thinking about all the answers and I'm like, this has nothing to do with our conversation. And years ago, uh, I think it was my dad who would help us and, and uh, uh, Greg Perkins does this well, that he'll say something like, well, you know what? That's a good question. We'll get back to it. Let me ask you. And then in return, asks a question that brings it back to the conversation. Well, what are you doing? You're avoiding those foolish and unlearned questions. I'm avoiding things that are just gonna detract from the conversation. I love the, the quote on there underneath this, ignore arguments, but don't ignore people. Man, sometimes those questions, it's just gonna provoke an argument. It's just gonna provoke a conversation going a direction. I'm gonna ignore that, but not ignore the person. 
What is that having to do? That's part of standing for truth. I'm standing for right doctrine. I'm standing for the correct direction and understanding that when we do this, man, we're gonna be more equipped to tell people about the Lord. All right, so number one, we've gotta study the word. Number two, stand for truth. Number three, and we'll be quick on this, is we've gotta sanctify ourselves. Sanctify myself. Verse 19 down through verse number, <coughs> excuse me, number 22. Uh, middle of verse number 19, we'll just read this first part. It says, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And then Paul proceeds to go through a number of things, uh, fleeing, fornic- or fleeing youthful lust, but follow after righteousness and faith and charity um, and peace and with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, verse 22. There's, there's so much here, we just don't have time to cover it. But I summarize it with this statement. A diligent worker studies the word and seeks to apply it to his own life first. In witnessing, if you know Christ as your savior, don't just desire to know the word to give it to others. Desire to know the word that it first would change your life, that you would give it to others. This is having a life that backs up my lips. It's having a walk that backs up my words. I don't just speak it, my life lives it. Because how effective is it, and we've all been there, we've all been in the conversation with somebody that said, I don't want Christianity because I knew a Christian. You ever had someone say that to you? I have. Man, many a time someone would say, well, I don't want what that person has. If that's Christianity, I want nothing to do with it. So what was that? That was somebody who had words about Christianity, but a life that didn't back it up. Man, no wonder that we're in the situation we're in in our country if Christians aren't loving the Lord from the heart and living that love outwardly, letting a life back up the love we speak of. When you look at the handout, uh, the the phrase, depart from iniquity, uh, it's kind of the same phrase that God used in Numbers chapter 16, speaking through Moses. Numbers 16, 26, he spake unto the congregation saying, depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men and touch not of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. This was the uh, Korah. If you know the story, Korah had uh, spoken against the man of God and God said, hey, listen, I'm just gonna devour him. Get yourself, if you're with me, get yourself away from the sin. And the truth is, if we're going to speak about being with Christ, we need a life that backs up the words. You say, Pastor Dennis, this seems kind of elementary elementary to witnessing. It is elementary to witnessing, but it's foundational. I've got to study the word. I've got to be able to stand for the right doctrine and right truth, but I've got to have a life that backs it up. Got to have sanctified, uh, sanctified life that says, I don't just speak it, but I live it. Notice fourthly, that if we're going to be effective in witnessing, four keys. Number one, we've got to, what's the first one? Study the word. Number two, we've got to what? We've got to stand for it. Number three, what is it? We've got to sanctify ourselves. Here's the last one, that if we're going to, if I'm going to be an effective witness for the Lord, I must have a right spirit. I've got to have a right spirit. Sanctify. I've got to have a right spirit. I want you to go to verse number 24. Paul wrote this, the servant of the Lord must not 
strife. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. As I was studying this passage um, at the beginning of this week and even into uh, the end of last week, you know, I, I always have looked at verse 15, study to show thyself approved in that verse. And I believe that verse connects with speaking to the lost. You know, you, that you're not ashamed of rightly dividing the word of truth. But then as I begin to read and go through the passage, I really do believe that one of the, one of the themes in these verses that maybe was on Paul's mind was winning the lost. And I believe that because of the last few verses. Because Paul writes to Timothy, Timothy, I wanna remind you of something. You're a servant. Approach people with the right spirit and God can use that to turn them around. That's what you read in verse 24, 25, and 26. Having that right spirit. When you look at this, and we'll do it very, very quickly, the servant, the right spirit needs to be humility. A servant is humble. Paul says to not be engaged in striving. The word striving here, it means to engage in a war of words. Striving, to debate with somebody in order to win an argument. I found this and I loved it. I thought it was great, helpful with this thought. My goal is not to win arguments, but to win people. Our goal is not to win arguments, but to win people to Christ. Not to be striving, to be gentle. Being gentle is to be kind, friendly, good-natured, easy to talk to, apt to teach. This is able to teach others. The word patient, it's great, especially in the context. The word patient is to be forbearing. Teaching in meekness, the phrase teaching in meekness means to teach with control and with gentleness. And then if you look at that last verse, verse 25, in, teaching, uh, in meekness, instructing those that do what? That oppose themselves. All right, let's think about this in the context of telling people about Jesus. You ever been witnessing to somebody and what they're saying contradicts what they're saying? I have been talking to someone and they're like, well, what I believe is this, this, and this. And then you give an answer for it, and they go, well, no, I believe this, and they say the exact opposite of what they just said. And people that oppose themselves in conversation or people who oppose themselves in their own lifestyle. You gotta understand that when you and I speak the truth in love with the right spirit, you know what can happen? Look at verse number 26. They may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You know what that phrase means, that verse means? If we speak truth in love with the right spirit, the potential is that people can turn to him. People can turn to the Lord. If God, the last part of God, peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that God could work on their heart and bring them to repentance back to the truth or to the truth for the first time but this happens only when I'm having a good spirit. And I'm not trying to win the argument, I'm trying to win people. Think about witnessing. 
When you and I look at the world around us, it doesn't take long, as I said at the beginning, to realize that we're living in a day and age where countless people just need the Lord. Here's what often Christians do, though. Often, we do this. Boy, I sure can't believe the world. I can't believe they'd do that. I cannot believe they would act like that. I can't believe they'd say that. I can't believe they'd watch that. I can't believe they'd go there. I can't believe. And we have this, I can't believe. But here's the simple fact. Should we expect anything different from somebody that doesn't know the Lord? No. So what's the answer? The Lord. It's, it's Christ. It's getting them the truth of God's word. And you and I, God desires to use us as the conduit to take his truth to the people that need it. So I wanna do this tonight. We're gonna close here in just a minute with a word of prayer. But when we look at witnessing in our culture, it seems almost impossible. You think about it. We need to look and we look at the Great Commission. It says, go into all the world. And sometimes we look and we say, I cannot win the world. You know what we need to be be reminded of is that the world is just made up of single people. The world is made up of ones. God has not called you and he has not called me to go literally reach every, you as an individual, to reach every single person in the world. He desires for you to touch the life of those in your world. Just the individuals, the one at work, the neighbor, the friend, the loved one. But we're not gonna reach them if we're not equipped. I hope that these four keys would be a reminder tonight. God, help me to get into your word. Lord, help me to get into your word so that I might be able to stand for truth, to avoid those things. And God, that I might be able to be sanctified toward you. And then, Lord, that I would be able to have that right spirit. What I want to do tonight is just ask you this question, is that will you choose, choose to be ready to give an answer? Choose to be serious about saying, God, I'm going to get into your word. I'm going to let your word show me the answers to give to people. But then tonight as we close in prayer, the special prayer time I was talking about is I want to do this. If you're looking on your handout at the bottom of it, you see the phrase that says this. Think of one person who you could take Christ to. Everybody in here, would we could admit, there's somebody I know that needs the Lord. There's somebody I know that needs Christ. Here's my challenge, and here's what I want to close in prayer on. Would you make the commitment that in the month of February, you'll work to give them the Christ, you'll work to give them the gospel? It may be a coworker, it may be a, a neighbor, I don't know who it is, but just make the commitment. Put their name there and make the commitment. During the month of February, I'm going to work to give them the gospel. You can't make them choose Christ, but you can at least study the word. And present the word and present Christ to somebody. And so maybe you'd write someone's name down there. God help me to give them the gospel. Now I wonder this evening if you wrote a name down. If you wrote a name down and you're not afraid to just say the name, give it give it to me real quick. Maggie? All right. Family, mom and sister. Carolyn? 
Randy. Joe. Ruby. Jean. Pam. Max. Debbie. Somebody else, you got a name? Mackenzie. What is it? Ron. Here's what I want to do tonight. I want to stop and take time to pray for these. Because we need to remember that it's not our words, it's God's spirit and his word. And so tonight, let's just stop. Let's take a few minutes. Pray for those names on the name on your list that God would help you. God help me to reach them. Like every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm just gonna give you a few moments to pray and ask the Lord to help you to be ready to give an answer. But specifically, God help me with this individual, this coworker. And if you can't think of someone tonight, maybe ask the Lord, God help me to think of someone. God bring the person across my path that needs you. Lord, we just come before you tonight and um, God, I pray that you would help us. Father, help us every day to realize that there are people uh, that we come across that, Lord, they, uh, they need us to speak truth into their lives, to speak you into their lives. And uh, Lord, I know that I often can just kind of go through my day and, and um, Lord, just go through my life and neglect the people around me. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight to see the need to reach people and then, Lord, to understand the desire that you have to use us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be equipped. Father, I pray that you'd give us answers out of your word. Help us to not neglect your word, to understand that as we get into scripture that you can bring verses back that we may not even remember. You can bring it back to our mind to be able to give an answer, but that doesn't happen if we're not in your word. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be able to cut through the fog in conversations to uh, stand up for the doctrine of, of your word and stand up for the truth. And then, Lord, that we would have lives that back up our words. And then, Father, that you would just help us to have the right spirit, that we would not try to um, just win people over with our, our uh, words and our savvy, Lord, but that we would have the right spirit of love and grace and that we wouldn't try to just win arguments uh, but, Father, that you would just give us your wisdom and your spirit to lead us and direct us to those that need you and that we would know exactly what to say and how to say it. Father, I pray that you'd use our church to make an impact in our community and uh, just help each of us with these, uh, these thoughts tonight. We love you. Thank you for your love for us. It's in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.